Hello, everybody, and welcome back to season two, episode eight. I don't know why I'm, I need to just I need to come up with something different uh, of 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 one for one. I'm your host Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host Miles Fuchs. Miles, happy Sunday. How you doing? How uh, uh how's the how's the brain holding up on a beautiful Sunday? I had a nice, relaxing little weekend here. Nolan actually got up to Saskatoon yesterday to watch the University of Saskatchewan Huskies take on the University of Calgary Dinos. Um, friend of the show, shout out Mason, playing uh, playing a game there and playing a hell of a game. Huskies got the dub, locked up first place in their division. Um, are you much? Do you follow CIS football at all, Nolan? Uh, well, considering you don't live in Saskatchewan anymore, uh, not 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 quite. Not quite. Um, so Fine. I do get I do get most of the updates uh, from uh, from either uh, Twitter accounts, um, maybe maybe the odd Instagram story, maybe the odd text from a friend. But no, I have not. I've not kept up to date with CIS. A, a passive fan, some might say, but um, yeah, uh, Calgary usually an absolute wagon of a team um, got bounced from the playoffs yesterday, losing that game. Well, they weren't in the playoffs. They didn't even make the playoffs, which is crazy. Um, Calgary likes to think that they're a powerhouse. And shout out to U of S. Shout out to Mason. Good guy. He's a Sabres fan. Um, so he's been having a tough little go. It's nice to see him. See him get a, get a dub somewhere somewhere else in his life. Classic classic Calgary being being cocky. <laughs> Amen to that. Ooh, we've got a river in our city. It's so fucking nice. <laughs> But uh, yeah, shout out, shout out the University of Saskatchewan. Um, they do not house the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, so that's a, that's an L on their part. But what'd you get up to this weekend? What did I get up to? Actually, really, a whole lot of nothing. Um, I got NHL 22 either like last weekend or the, a couple weekends ago, and I I've barely played it. So the last two nights, I've spent just like, for lack of a better term, balls deep into playing NHL 22. And you're a nerd. You're a nerd on NHL too. Like you don't even play the games. You just manage. You yeah, just make, I love franchise mode so much. Yeah. yeah, I just I know that that's I know that that's kind of weird. I've been trying to get into playing, like basically like simulating a week or two and then play a game and then simulate a week or two and play the game just to kind of like hone out my skills a little bit. Because I started off and I started out like on pro and I was horrendous. I was allowing like fucking six goals to the Chicago Blackhawks, which well I guess they're pretty good in the game, but. But not, like nonetheless, I was terrible, and now I'm on like what would it be like superstar or something like that. I think is the highest difficulty mode. I I, I honestly can't remember at this point. Um, and uh, you know, gotta say, not too bad now, uh, especially using the Oilers because um, you know, uh, uh, sending passes from Leon Draisaitl to Connor McDavid is definitely uh, definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, they're absolutely nasty. Uh, playing threes with with the threes boys. Shout out to the threes boys. That's the NHL mode that I play quite a bit. So threes is really fun. fun. Very fun. Very fun. I actually miss um any like the NHL three on three like free game that was on Xbox three sixty with like the yeah. giant heads and it's like yeah yeah that was a good time. Rocket skates and the the was that a banana? <laughs> it was like uh, NHL hits back in the day too. That was a that was a. Of oh, ra- with, rage and cage in time. Get up, get up, drop the bombshell. Get up, get up. This is it. Shout out, Power Man Five Thousand. Shout out, shout out, shout out. Episode, episode eight, season two. We are ready to rock, Nolan. 
I hate to say a toe to so, but fucking a toe to so. Three and all last week for the good guys. It feels great to be right. It feels even better to be cheering for a team that is playing well. That is not something I am used to saying. So I am absolutely soaking it in. Well, you're right. Now, it was pretty close to almost not not being 3-0, but we'll we'll get to that cuz we're that that's going to be um that'll probably be like a 15-minute discussion of that one. Well, actually, that'll be a, that'll be like half the episode right there in just that one game because f- probably 15 minutes will be dedicated to uh, one singular moment of that game. So, how about we jump to the very first game, which was the first game against Seattle, otherwise known as the return of Joey Decord. And why <laughs> why the return of Joey Decord? Well, I'm glad you asked, Miles. Uh, his record versus the Oilers. Stinky. 0-3-0 with a 4.74 GAA and an 8.56 save percentage. Big yikes for my man Joey. Needs a soul patch like me. Kryptonite. <sighs> yeah. Poor guy, and absolutely like, got completely shelled uh, by the Edmonton Oilers. Now the Kraken did play pretty well. Um, I will say, like the Kraken are have been from their rough start. They've actually been bouncing back pretty significantly, and their like underlying numbers and all that have actually been converting for them. So have been, sorry, have been converting into results lately. So that's good to see for them. But as I mentioned before, this was the first game against Seattle, which means. Welcome home, Adam Larson. Very tough to watch. It was very sad to see um, my 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 six pack hero, Adam Larson, uh, defending Connor McDavid instead of uh, being on the other side of that. Uh, now, Miles, I, I I wrote in here and I and I, I didn't want you to look it up beforehand, but the game had three former Oilers in the lineup. Can you name them and do not look it up? Um, two are pretty easy because we just talked about one. Adam Larson, D-man, shout out. Um, Jordan Everly, member of the Baby Oil Squad. We miss him. Shout out, Jordan Everly. Hope things are well for you. And I actually do know the third because when I was watching the game, I was like, holy fuck, that's where he is. And it's the DUI king himself, Riley Sheehan. DUI? He got a DUI? Oh, yeah. Okay, so throwback to uh, Pickapalooza. I shared a picture of him. He, was, he got a DUI dressed like a Teletubby. Oh, back I, he, how did I not know this? Yeah, back when he played for Detroit, I think he got a, he, I think it was Detroit. He got a DUI and he's dressed as a Teletubby and it's him in cuffs standing outside of a white Jeep. Horrible look. Um, but yeah, we, oh uh, my we, God, I'm <laughs> just seeing it right now. That's so funny. Well, yeah. I mean, not, 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 not funny to DUI. No, right, especially, but... especially with the Henry Rugg stuff. Not yeah. funny. Don't drink and drive. Yeah, please don't drink and drive people. Please I shoot. fucking, I, <sighs> On a side note, can can I just say one thing um, about that whole Henry Rugg situation? Is the whole like I I don't know if you've been seeing it, Miles, but like that that video of Derek Carr talking about uh, you know uh, you know the uh, Henry just needs love right now and yada yada and like how everyone's like oh that's Derek Carr being a great teammate, man. I'm fucking sick of hearing this shit. Like the dude drove 156 miles an hour. Like my fucking sympathy is out the goddamn window at this point. Sorry, that's yeah. That. It, shout out like in that situation, you're like, yeah, Derek Carr, good guy, but don't talk about the the guy who did something so fucking stupid and selfish. Like, like, don't even, don't even say his name. Cancel. Well, yeah, like you know what? At, at, like at this point, 
if you feel that way, great. You feel that way. Just don't fucking put it in public. Like, that's just a, not a good look for Derek Carr. I mean, to the me- to the NFL media, they fucking soaked that shit up. So, I guess good for him. But anyways, yes. So, uh, I, I with the Seattle game, it was tough because I think Miko Koskinen bailed them out quite a bit because I think when, when you look at the shot count versus, like, the expected goals— um, the, 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 the chances that Seattle had were through the friggin' roof and luckily Miko was able to stop most of them. Uh, on the one, one goal, there was a, just a, 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 a brutal, brutal play, uh, by Darnell Nurse. He got beat by, uh, former Notre Dame, uh, what was it? Uh, Notre Dame Hound? Yeah. You yeah. got her. Uh, Notre Dame Hound, Jaden Schwartz, uh, for the one, one goal. And we do not like to see that. Um, we're going to kind of rush through these first two games because I really want to talk about that third game. Uh, but another power play goal. My goodness, Zach Hyman, the how much he actually, just how hard he works when he when he gets into the offensive zone. He just crashes the net, and he's really good with the puck when he crashes the net. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, imagine Alex Chason, but like with, with skill. With hands? <laughs> yeah, but like with hands and like uh, hockey IQ. Uh, so, sorry, sorry, Alex. I'm kind of dancing on your grave there. But, uh, th- but I think most importantly out of this whole story of this game is Kyler Yamamoto finally as Jack Michaels would say, off the schneid. Looking good. Finally scored one. Great to see from Yamo. We had a couple guys that got their first goals of the season. Um, Duncan Keith, D1K, got his first one as an Oiler. Shout out. I forgot about that. Kyle Turris got his first goal of the year, not counting the shootout winner in the first game. Not a big deal. Uh, Yamamoto got his goal. That's nice. We'd love to see that. And a big, dirty two-goal game from from Prince Leon himself. Uh, Prince Leon of Cologne. So that overall... Pretty nice. Um, talking about Miko quick here, 29 saves, um, or sorry, 27 saves on 29 shots, 0.931 save percentage. Good game for Miko. Like you said, bailed the boys out a few times. Love to see that. Um, and overall, man, I've been like, uh, I know we want to breeze through, through these points kind of quickly, but overall, I just want to say that I am sufficiently happy with what Miko has done. Been a few stinky goals. One against the Rangers, one bad game against the Flyers. But overall, having Smith go down and having Koskinen have to step up, I think he's done a very satisfactory job, and I am um, happy for him to have done that. Yeah, you absolutely nailed it. I'm, I'm, you know, everybody, everybody talked about the goaltending sinking this team, and it's just I'm, knock on fucking wood, but like it's it's been it's been it's been what they've needed. They haven't even needed like. You know, MVP level. I I think that the I think that the goaltending is not is not having to be worked nearly as much as they were last year. And because I mean, you got to remember, like Mike Smith had some games last year where it was like forty seven saves, and it was insane because it just seemed like night after night after night he was just getting shelled by shots. And luckily this year, it's been pretty well okay. And like we said, Miko Koskinen has been making the saves, considering Mike Smith is gone until. Who knows how long? Because holy shit! Now we're back to another story of when's Mike Smith coming back? Is Mike Smith even close to returning? And as it stands right now, as Tom Gazzola reported today, it's looking like we're probably still not even close, which is not great to see. That's the biggest thing, man. When you see a goalie go down with a lower body injury, just with how important, obviously, that is as a square one. So 
thoughts are with Mike Smith. Hope he gets better and hope he's, he's back in the lineup soon. But Koski, keep doing what you're doing. And you know what, man, as bad as it is to say, kind of happy um, that we're getting closer and closer to an inevitable Stuart Skinner start. It's It's got to be coming up on this road trip, I think. Koskinen's been playing so many in a row. It's it's time you give him a little bit of a rest. And on one of those back-to-backs, you, you might have to throw Skinny in there and, and see what he can do. So I'm always excited to see a hometown boy and a hot mustache man get in the crease and do his thing. I'm th- okay. Well, to one or to your first point about Mike Smith, do you want to say like, in addition to the lower body injury as a goaltender, um, also lower body injury to a man that is 39 years old is uh, uh, not ideal in this situation. But I completely agree with you about Stuart Skinner. I really think that Skinner should be starting against Detroit. Is that if if you want him to start against any team this week, it's probably Detroit. Um, Buffalo is a possibility. But I, I, I really think you should get one in right now, especially if Boston, you could blow that game to Boston and then you have a back-to-back. You want to make sure that you nab one of those games. So try and, try and get Stuart Skinner in probably on Tuesday. But anyways, should we move on from the Seattle game? Yes, Nolan, because the next game is another one. Actually, no, Nolan. No, we should not, um, because there's one thing I want to say about the Kraken, and a couple people have been have been saying stuff about it, and it's the uh, the three stars of the game thing that they're doing at home. I know they played in Edmonton, whatever, but it's actually really cool what they do there. So they toss a plush salmon into the crowd as a homage to Seattle's Pike Place Market. Um, and this is where it gets really good. I like when teams do this, and I like when I think that the crack or yeah, the Kraken have done a good job of of doing their due diligence here. So they hired an Indigenous Peoples consultant um, to ensure that the tradition was respecting like the Indigenous Peoples culture, because salmon is obviously like a very important part of the culture there, similar to how like a buffalo or a bison is to Plains Aboriginals in Saskatchewan. So they were told that the fish, the salmon in particular, are very important to the people of this area and that they should be treated with respect. So having them be like a celebratory thing is obviously very respectful for the area and the people there. Um, Everything's good on that front. Um, But this is where it gets a little bit more cool. Uh, Each salmon is 22 inches in length in terms of the plush salmon, which is the legal limit size for catch length in the state of Washington. I love a little detail. Um, Seattle plans to create a plush version of different salmon species each season, and each fish that flies into the stands will have a tag on it that has five facts about sustainability. Good job, Seattle. We like to see it. God, they're becoming so fucking likable. I hate it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. That I actually did not know that. So I'm. Uh, thank you very much for the tidbit, Miles, and thank you for Miles's fun fact of the day. This has been fun facts with Miles and Nolan on the One for One show. Bling. That's my little like star. That it's like it's like a it's like a the more you know star. Bling. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Uh, next up, uh, game against Press. Nashville. Press. Uh, uh, five, five, five two Edmonton win. On Wednesday, I mean, there's really one thing to say. Leon Dreisaitl just loves playing the Nashville Predators with 16 goals in 18 games. Holy shit, Leon, relax. Um, <laughs> These men have a family, Leon. <laughs> what did you title this game, Nolan? I like it. I want you to say it. Tell Smashedville. Because the they, they, they were not Smashville. They were Smashedville. 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 Cruella Deville. And uh, in order to get smashed, they put in uh, Connor Ingram. Hey. Poor guy. I mean, shout, shout out Team Canada's Connor Ingram. But uh, 
had to unfortunately play this game against uh, the red-hot offense of the Edmonton Oilers, and unfortunately allowed four goals in the process. So we, um, yeah. Sorry, guy. Uh, I got a good Connor Ingram story, if you want to okay. hear it. I'd love to hear it. So uh, my cousin married his cousin. Um, so we've, you know. Really? Uh, met, yep. Oh, so wow. we've met. Yeah, so we've met a couple of times, and uh, some of the guys that are listening to the show um, we're actually here for this story. So one one weekend we were uh, went, went golfing at the Goulet, no free ads, in Regina, and we're playing a little round. And there was this group. We were having some drinks. It was like a really nice summer day. And there was this group in front of us of some some guys roughly our age, and we could see that they were boozing and shotgun and beers and stuff. So we we're like, ah, oh, kind of keep our distance. Don't want to get involved with, with another group or anything like that, right? So as the day went on, I think it was about hole 16. We inevitably run into them, and they're at the tee box, and they are fucking loaded like these guys are just cranked and go up to him and his one his older brother um and i took some classes together too so he was the first guy that i recognized and then i saw the other guy was connor and that was when he was like just after he had played on the world juniors and stuff like that so enjoying his summer in saskatchewan and we're shooting the shit and hanging out with them so it turned into two foursomes um, joining together to make a group of eight and just absolutely taking the course to a halt like we were just like on a mission with them for the last three holes had a blast they're they're really good guys and connor hell of a golfer no shit hell of a golfer. Yeah. No, no shit for sure but yeah, yeah deadly time good dude um good good dude good family from imperial saskatchewan so we love to see it making a start close to home against the oilers and unfortunately it didn't go his way but fortunately it did for the good guys Fortunately, his his family was also in the crowd, so that was nice to see. That that made me that that warmed my heart a little bit because I it was it wasn't his first start, but I know that it was. I know that he's he, he's he's still pretty early into his career, and he's kind of had a bit of an up and down sort of beginning to his career. But I mean, he's still so young that he could definitely yeah. go on a roll. And a champion for mental health, we appreciate that. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, but. Not a great start as per usual, but luckily the Oilers were were able. Like once they kind of put their foot down, they they were able to make this. Uh, they were able to completely turn this game into their favor. Um, man, the Leon Drysaddle one timer on the power play is just like it, it's it's becoming Leon's version of the top of the circle Ovechkin one timer, like. It is his office. Yeah, he has uh, he has pictures of his kids uh, on the <laughs> desk there. Um, has his own little coffee cup with his name, like I love Mondays on it and shit like that. So yeah, he's he's definitely uh, setting up work there. <laughs> I was about to make a, a a very a very dirty joke, but I I was not gonna jump there. <laughs> uh, luckily, <laughs> <laughs> Yamo again. <laughs> Uh, scores his second goal in two games guys on fire now uh now i mean he's on pace for 47 goals i'm just kidding he's not uh but good to see that yamamoto has a little bit of confidence coming into the uh, you know coming into this point in the season i would love to see him bounce back from his rough start and really start turning on the jets uh, following that up, Miko once again making massive saves as per usual. Uh, dry settle McDavid put back together. Eh, we don't like to see that. Uh, Devin Shore scoring. What? What the, f- what the fuck? I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> his his celly like you you would have <laughs> thought that you would have thought that Devin Shore had gone like eighty two games without a goal. He was so fucking fired up. Well, Matt, he took a he took a penalty shortly before that, and I I was watching that game with Floor Pie Alex. Shout out Floor Pie Alex, and I said, uh, 
fuck Devin Shore. Like, you're an idiot. Like, I'm losing my mind. Like, you're never, you're getting scratched next game. And then he bings one. And I'm like, ah, eat my words. So good for, good for, good for, uh, for, for Devin Shore. You know how, you know how we have like, uh, like the owl picture for Leon? Yes. I just, I want, uh, there's a, a nice gif. If you search Shore on Twitter gifs, it's just like a very relaxing, calm beach picture. And I, I would like to humbly suggest that whenever we get a shore goal, that's that's the that's, that's, that's the what bit. we post. Okay. Yes. All right. Sounds good. I will I will absolutely find that and I will make sure that is tweeted every 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 three times Devin Shore scores per season. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Devin. Uh and a nice little tease into the final game we're gonna talk about. But Leon Dreisettel. 2-1-1 on empty the verge net. of scoring an empty net goal. What does he do? Sends the pass over to Yesipuli Arvi, who has unfortunately been on a bit of a cold spell since the beginning of the season. Still playing great, but on a bit of a cold spell. Which you would think that that is actually not going to give a player confidence, but judging by the next game, it absolutely did. So we'd love to see that from a, a leader on this team, and a guy now in the NHL lead for scoring. So, not only do we have uh, Connor McDavid, but also Leon Dreisaitl nipping right at his heels. So, <sighs> Miles, I'm I'm so giddy to talk about it. I don't know if giddy is the right word because, like, yes, okay, it, you can be giddy about it. Giddy is the right word. Um, and I think we all know what we're getting at here. Let's let's just blow the lid right off of it. It's the six-five overtime, overtime winning game against the New York Rangers. Um, and what was kind of a stinky game for the Oilers? Oh, horrible, horrible. Um, but what like <laughs> horrible, horrible. But before we get into the minute details of it, I just want to say, and this is something that's the oldest fucking saying in the book, but it needs to be said: Good teams find a way to win. And Oilers teams of two years ago, last year, whatever, would have absolutely folded. And that would have been a 7-1 game where... 100%. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, it, uh, yeah, you know, we just got to... Uh, yeah, you know, and uh, uh, was all you were going to hear in the press conference. And they dug deep and came up and got a win, Nolan. The guys who needed to show up showed up and they showed out. I just have to take a little sip of water before uh, <clears throat> we uh, get into this here. Because the last time the Oilers played the Rangers, it was a 7-5 barn burner in which that, your Edmonton... Was that, the, was that the New Year's Eve game? It was the New Year's Eve game. Yeah, the game where fun. The game where the Edmonton Oilers nearly blew a 6-0 lead. Classic McGruber. The team, <laughs> the team went down quick and early in this one, looking lethargic, like they didn't care. They, this team just looked like fucking shit, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Poopy. Poopy, poopy. Yes. Um, I, dude, I okay. So shout out NYR Nick, shout out Connor Rogers. We have a couple guys that like the Rangers uh, that are friends of the show. I was absolutely floored at the amount. I like to consider myself a guy who watches a fair amount of hockey. I was floored by the number of names on this Rangers team that I had never heard of before. Like, like, uh, well, I, you know what? I actually want to see if you can actually pronounce his name. No, I'm looking at it right now, and I don't want to. Do it, Philip Chetel. Heedle. 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 Okay. A silent C. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I the main reason why I know this team, and it's kind of, a, or the main reason why I know most of the players on this team is I'm kind of embarrassed to say NHL video games, uh, because you just do so many like franchise modes and stuff that you eventually know all these guys. But I mean, they got scoring from pretty well everywhere in their lineup. <laughs> they got, uh, they got, they got goals from Hill, uh, from uh, Heedle, uh, Carter Rooney. I ah, fuck, I honestly can't Kevin. remember. Kevin Rooney, sorry, Kevin Rooney. Um, uh, Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad to make it 4-1. Thank you, Zach Hyman, for the one goal. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we might as well kind of get into it, but right near the end of the second period, Yesipuli Arvi, or, sorry. Yesipuli Arvi! Uh, nabs his first of two on the night to get the comeback going. Um, now, I wanted to just bring up a quote from Tyson Berry today in uh, his press conference regarding uh, what was going on. Basically, I believe it was Reed Wilkins asked him about uh, how how the how the team was feeling on the bench after after the Rangers went up four one, and sort of where their heads were at. And he said, "I don't know if this is true, but I know Leon talks a lot of shit on the ice. But he basically said Leon skated by one of the guys on their bench and said, Hold on, it's coming.'" Oh, wow. Wow. That's some, that is some schlongen. Rockstar. Rockstar. Welcome and schlongen from our German prince. Holy shit. I hope that's true. I, I, love, an, so I love an edge. I love an edge. Oh, but, baby. Uh, and, uh, I mean, let's get into it. That third period may have been the most exciting period of Oilers hockey since I was trying to think about it, and it I think that's the most exciting period of Oilers hockey since the third period of San Jose Game Five, where they where they came back and Clefbaum had the tying goal, and then uh, David Deharnay had to had the game winner. It's more like Dehar, yay! Yeah, <laughs> but I mean. A power play goal by Tyson Berry, a five-on-five goal by Jesse or by Jesse Puliyarvi, and like what was happening is the Oilers were fucking dominating the Rangers, like, like uh, I was about to say, yeah, uh, like choking them, done, like fucking torturing them. Oh, and... You're giving me, you're giving me a half wood here with all these adjectives. <laughs> They don't. They don't. They don't call me. They don't. They don't call me Zaddy for no reason. Uh, the, the Rangers scored again though to make it five four, uh, which was a, a a big yikes on that play by both Darnell Nurse and Miko Koskinen. D- Nurse should have had a stick on the puck, and obviously, like it's Mika Zibanejad who's like a prolific goal scorer in this league now. But it's just it's just you you can't allow that. But you know what? It put him up five four. Which just leads everything into um, the mid goal, the 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 goal. Um, what hasn't been said? One on four. <laughs> Tyson Berry narrowly misses the net. This is, by the way, this is with three minutes left in the game. Tyson Berry narrowly misses the net. They haven't gone to six on five yet. the 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 team is just putting the pressure on the Rangers. Tyson Berry nearly misses the net. Connor McDavid gets the puck on his stick. He just kind of waits for everyone to come back so that they can go, or so that he can go on, or sorry, waits for everyone to go onside so he can transport the puck into the offensive zone. Takes it over the blue line. Not one, not two, not three, but four New York Rangers trying to defend him. And he completely 
Um, he doesn't just take Patrick Nemeth's mon- lunch money. He lights it on fire and throws it in his face and throws the fireball in his face of the of the inflamed money. Um, and when you're one on one with Connor McDavid, Alexander Georgiev has nowhere to go. And Connor McDavid, we've had this debate before on the show about like his greatest goals. I think that takes the cake for me now. Like I've already said that that it that that it that he's that he's had the best goal, but it's not only the move, it's not only it, but it's the moment. Like okay, he had the moment on his fucking stick. That that's game winning shit right there, and that's exactly what he did. Like that's a point in the game where it's been you've been down all night. It's been a seesaw battle. You finally claw your way back into it. Give up a shitty one to go down one again, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go Connor mode," and takes the blue pill and just goes nuts. Like I don't know if that's like when you think about McDavid goals. There's like the four that jump out to you. There's the one against the Blue Jackets. There's the one against the Maple Leafs. There's this one and. Maybe the other one against the Leafs, or maybe one against uh, the, the Leafs prob- probably year. probably the Montreal one from last year or Montreal. Okay, so yeah. there's fucking lots, whatever. But this one is definitely an instant classic. I'd say it's definitely top two. I think my favorite is still the the one against the Blue Jackets, just coming back from from injury and just being a fucking little man. Yeah, I, I, I just. And, and the the insane part about this too is like the, the reaction that surrounded it. Like I don't know if you saw oh. Daryl Sutter's comments from the other day. Did you see Chad Okosinko's yeah. comments yeah. about it? Everybody like... was fucking. Everybody was talking about it. Like the amount of people that I saw on Twitter that were that were saying, um, "I'm like I'm not even into hockey, but this is insane. This is a, a stupid goal." Like it, it's it's fucked. But um, it, they asked uh, Daryl Sutter about it, and Daryl Sutter went. Well, I see, you know, I see everybody talking one on four, but it was a uh, it was a one on one. It's like, Daryl, no, it, it it was a one on four. Like four guys were trying to take the puck away from Connor McDavid. This was not a one on one. It was a one on four. So fuck off and take your sour grapes off. I mean, he's probably just sparking. He's probably just sparking the rivalry more and more. I think that's probably what it was more than anything. But it was funny, needless to say. Um, yeah, it's just. That's a that's a superstar doing superstar things. And I think we've said it a couple times this season already, but I think this, if anyone was still saying Connor McDavid's not having fun in Edmonton, shut oh, your mouth. Because he was jazzed, man. Uh posted it on his Instagram as well as like Edmonton was loud last night. Like just a Without an ad, by the way. Everybody without, should know that. Without, without an, an ad. ad. Like he's he's having fun. He is having a nice time playing hockey in the city of Edmonton, and uh, ooh, it just makes uh, just do you feel that little chill go up your spine oh, there? No, I could I could barely sleep after this game was over. I, I got, ha- my heart rate was through the roof. I after that goal was scored, Miles. I like I'm not joking. I I I went oh my god and jumped up and fu- like I almost fell over. I could not believe what he did. And I immediately texted everybody I knew going, holy shit, did you see this fucking goal? I was lucky enough. I got to watch that game with uh, with uh, baby back Billick, fan, friend of the show, good guy, and uh, Flames fan Dylan. Got to watch the two of them. And I, I sh- like, you know when there's like a crazy sports moment and you're like, it's just kind of a, a vision is always going to be like ingrained in your mind. 
right after he scored it, I looked over at Billick. We were both standing up and we just looked at each other and we were both screwed, like, oh, and it was just like pure elation. And I'm willing to say it on record. I'm all in on this oh, team, Nolan. I'm I am, I'm in. We're, we're going to get into I, the numbers. And I'm, I live I'm... and die by every Oilers game. And right yeah. now, it is good. This <laughs> the is, returns are good. This is... This is... The buzz is so strong right now, <laughs> and um, this, is, this is your first your first time chewing tobacco in grade nine level buzz. You're puking in the flower pot outside the house when you get <laughs> off the bus. This is lethal. Um, actually, the I believe it was the uh, the Oilers social media manager. I believe her name is Kate Mack. I I I, I, I think it's Kate Mack on Twitter. I I, I could be wrong. I and if, and if I am, I if I am, I apologize. But she actually tweeted something along the lines of like, "I've been with the Oilers for, you know," and I think she sarcastically said, "a few years now," and she has not seen anything like this since 2017. Just the buzz in the building. It's at an all-time high right now, and maybe that has to do with they were terrible for like three years or for two years after that cup run, and then obviously COVID the last little while. And it just like watching Oiler goals now from the from like the COVID season is so depressing because you're like, where's like where's the crowd? Where's the celly? And you see it now, and it's just fucking electric. I know I say electric a lot on this, but it, it's. There's it's nothing great, like it right now. It's a great city to be winning in, and, and that was very much evidenced by um, Friday night was a was a as the kids say lit night in the city of Edmonton as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders were in town playing the Edmonton Elks. Um, two thumbs down for the Elks just as a franchise and fucking around this year, but um, like crowd empty. Everyone, everyone, and anyone who is giving a shit about sports in Edmonton is is on the wagon, and we are. 10 games into the season. <laughs> Can you imagine what the first round of the playoffs is going to be like? Can you imagine what, you know, the, the next bow is going to be like in oh. Edmonton on a, on a weekend night? Like, especially like, especially since the, the flames are insanely hot right now. Like, just think about how good that matchup is going to be. Well, I, I was reading something on Twitter and, and I would want to fact check it a little bit more, like in terms of, of years and stuff like that. But like when the flames are good, it does nothing but make the Oilers better. I think that your your closest measuring stick in Alberta is is right against the Flames. So when they're playing like if they're playing shitty, you're playing good, yeah, whatever. But when both teams are on a heater, like that, that definitely pushes you. Yeah, I think as 100%. an athlete. So yeah. when a, a good Flames team is good for the Oilers as well, and just makes for good hockey. So you know, um, Flames keep flaming, but you're gonna get extinguished when you play against the Oil. Did um. You see, uh, hold on a second. I just want to get the full quote. Did you see, or did did you listen to the um, the post game press conference? Okay, are we going to be talking about um, get somebody that looks at you the way that Zach Hyman looks at the city of Alberta or city no, of Edmonton? I actually want. To I would like about, to talk about that. I okay. Well, we're we're gonna get to that. I want to quickly just talk about the McDavid goal because he got asked multiple questions about the McDavid goal or uh, sorry about the McDavid goal, his own goal, and. His response was so good, and um, I showed Taylor after because I showed Taylor the goal, and she initially didn't understand why. By the way, just so everybody knows, Taylor was not a hockey fan before she met me, so everybody has to understand that like her being really into this is like so cool for me. But 
I showed her the McDavid goal afterwards, and initially she didn't understand why it was why it was so impressive. And then I re-showed it to her, and she says, "Holy shit, that's insane!" And then I showed her the post game press conference as well. This was when they were asking him about it, like you know, how hard was it to score that goal, or you know, did you feel like you had a monkey off your, or, or you know, or did you feel like you kind of like got the monkey off your chest? Yeah, sure. Um, but basically, he responded back with saying, "I'm paid to score big goals, and I'm paid to do that type of stuff. I'm just doing my job. Probably not the best idea to take four guys on every night, but I thought the situation was kind of weird, like." The whole I love I love when a guy is willing to say like I'm paid to do this. Like my team counts on me and my team invested me to do my job. And because you can look at you can look at the overpaid superstars of the NHL. You can look at the overpaid stars of sports in general and you can question them on, you know, why they're not playing well or why they're not living up to their contract. But Connor McDavid is able to basically take a step back and say like this is what you guys do for me. And this is the return I'm going to give to you. I'm going to return on your investment that you believe in me and you want to build your franchise around me. And that is a true franchise-changing talent. And it is the coolest thing to see, to see a guy that cares so much about winning and cares so much about the city of Edmonton and cares so much about making this team a global brand and making this team a Stanley Cup contender. It's just, it's the coolest thing to see. Um, but he did he did kind of temper down the expectations a little bit. By the way, I forgot to mention too, Leon Dreisaitl scored the overtime winner. <laughs> but Because after McDavid um, sent the game into actually, overtime. <laughs> it's actually pronounced overtime Time winner. winner. Which it's was a hell of a goal too. It's not, it's not a clock here, so I can't really do the yell right now. But but, uh, but no. It was, it was I, a hell of a goal as well. Matt. The pass like, from Darnell was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We can't, can't sell that short either, but okay. Can we talk about the Hyman Pooley RV? One last thing. Okay. Go ahead, um, McDavid, okay. McDavid did. So they asked him about the buzzer on the team right now. Cause they're nine and one. And he said, yep, we're 10 games in now. We got to just keep doing what we're doing. And that is so is, is it's, it's keeping a player honest and it's keeping a team honest. This team knows that they're not, that they're not, they're, they're not quite ready to declare themselves a contender just yet. Um, they need to they need to get themselves to that point first. They need to first off just make it into the playoffs. Make it to the playoffs and take it one step at a time. Absolutely. And like I know we're gassing them up and all that. And everybody that's that's listening right now that's not a, an Oilers diehard is like give it a fucking rest. But it's it, they're saying all the right things. They're doing all the right things. The the walk is matching the talk, and I am all about it because. It's been so long, <laughs> and anyone who anyone who remembers the decade of darkness is is smiling right it's now. It's so much fun right now. So, it's so much fun, and it hasn't been fun to be an Oilers fan for a very, very long time. Like, honestly, I was too young to appreciate 06, and 17 was really fun, Like, but it was – we got to stop calling it a cup run. Because they lost yeah. in the second round, like we can't. Yeah, we, we got to call it, it was a, and that's how fucking desperate we are as a as a yeah. fan fan base um, to call seventeen a cup run. But like it was fun, and this is thirteen times that, and we're not even into into meaningful games yet. So, um, very good stuff, very nice stuff. Press conference after the game, Nolan. Um, Zach Hyman, 
loving things in the city of Edmonton. Looks out at the crowd because where the play, where the Oilers players do their post game um, is all glass, and you can see out in the street. And it's kind of become a thing here since the season started, where fans will stand out there, and you'll hear them in the post game chanting and and saying stuff like. Connor McDavid or like MVP. MVP. Yeah. And and now they're saying like Jesse, Jesse. And Hyman just looks out uh, as they kind of start chanting to Jesse. And he just gets this big golden retriever smile on his face. And he, he like kind of looks over at Jesse. He's like, they're chanting your name out there. And then and then Jesse looks over and he's like, ha, ha, ha. and then he called and then Zachary Hyman, Zachary Martin Hyman says the funniest thing of all time. He just kind of gives him a little nod and he goes, Buys and can. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it, the, the other cool thing about that too, is the, uh, was how, was how Yessie gives them like the little, like heart, like, like the little yes. heart heads that, yes. oh God, they need to sign him to an extension like now. Yeah. Always. It's only getting dirtier. Are you going to sneeze? Have we got a big sneeze coming. Do it right in the mic. I'm not doing it in the mic. Absolutely <laughs> gutless. I couldn't even do it anyways. It'll probably end up coming. You know what? I'll say I'll save it for the microphone because I know it's gonna eventually come. <laughs> I uh I made uh I, I made a homemade chicken wings tonight. And so I'm pretty sure I have like I'm sure I have like pepper, like paprika in my nose. Ooh, a little sparsy boy. Yeah. Speaking of spicy boys, yes, never change. Zach never change. Connor, never change. Leon, never change. Darnell, never change. Evan, never change. I, I can go on and on and on. I love this team so much. And I think that that is a good segue, Nolan, because Kyle Turris, you can change. Kyle Turris, uh, keep the chain. <laughs> I'm, ki- I'm kidding. <laughs> keep the chain. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Kyle. No, you've, you've actually been playing pretty well. I'll give you credit. Um, but I think that someone else who loves the Oilers very much is is sitting across from me, uh, metaphorically, and would like to talk about some hard work that he did, getting some numbers figured out, just to kind of put into context what this Oilers team is doing. And with that, um, stats guy Nolan, what do you got? <sighs> okay, so I went into both the regular stats that you could find on any uh, on any regular website, and then I went into the five on five numbers from Natural Stat Trick. So. The, a lot of, so most of these numbers come from via hockey reference or natural stat trick, just so everybody's aware. And if you want to get more excited, well, here you go. So we're 10 games in. So I figured 10 games in was a great benchmark to be able to say, like, here's where the team is at and here's where we're looking. Okay. So the team is 9-1-0 with 18 points. They're tied for second in the NHL in points. So like crazy. Awesome. Uh, goals for 4.4 goals for per game first in the NHL. Holy shit. Holy shit. Goals against 2.80 goals against per game tied for eighth. That is actually a stat. I was not, I did not even know that like, so what that's showing us is that this team is not only exceptional offensively, but they're a top 10 team defensively by by the goal count like that's really great to see uh the power play percentage obviously we kind of know it's well told by or well documented by many people uh it's a huge talking point outside the city of edmonton 50 percent uh the second second place team is st louis with 32 percent. so just a complete a, a a complete like molotov cocktail of a power play uh PK percentage, 86.21, sixth in the NHL. Bit of a step back um, than they've had from previous years, but still top 
top six PK in the NHL. You still love to see that. Now we get to the five-on-five numbers. So I looked at these, uh, I don't know, about a week and a half ago. I think it, or So maybe it was a week ago because I think it was after the Vegas game. And I wanted to see just how the team was looking in their underlying numbers. And I was kind of uh, disheartened. Now, after this week has passed by, the numbers have actually gotten quite a bit better. So that's great to see. Uh, Corsi 4 percentage. 50.33, which is 16th in the NHL. When I checked after the Vegas game, I'm pretty sure they were at somewhere like around 25th or 26th, so they've had a nice climb up uh, in their Corsi numbers. Fenwick percentage, 48.96, 19th in the NHL. Still still a work in progress. Now, the expected goals for. Expected goals for, 19.83. Expected goals against 18.95, which puts their expected goals for percentage at 51.13, which is very good to see for this team. This team is making a very steady improvement, and the addition of Zach Hyman has gone a long way in this. I think not enough people are putting enough stock into just how good Zach Hyman has been for this team and has been worth even more than the $5.5 million he's getting paid per year. That And the last number, the expected goals for percentage, is 14th in the NHL, which I think last year they were 25th or 28th or something like that. They were right near the bottom. So they were getting very hot, but or they, they were winning games because their superstars were scoring timely goals at the right time. Their high danger chances for per game, 50.52, which is like um, uh, attempts from the slot or, you know, obviously, I mean, high danger, you know what a high danger chance is, right? Which is 16th in the NHL. And then, once again, this is still at 5-on-5. Shooting percentage, 9.47, 4th in the NHL. So, crazy shooting percentage right now. Uh, Save percentage, uh, 91.95. So, at 5-on-5, they kind of taken a bit of a step back. They're getting better saves on the PK and on the power play. And that has them at 23rd in the NHL. I think when it's it's all situations, they're like 10th or 11th or so. Um, and then their PDO number, which I talked about PDO last week, is 1.04 or 101.4, however however you want to talk about it, which is 11th in the NHL. So I would rather than be 11th in PDO rather than the Carolina Hurricanes, who are currently first by a long shot, and that's due to the crazy play of Frederick Anderson as well as their timely scoring. Hmm. Um, Frederick Anderson and Zach Hyman, what do they have in common? They were both on the <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs. Basically, who have actually, Toronto. Who have, who have actually around. been who have, who have turned around well, quite significantly well. yeah. over the last little while. So, uh, I, but then again, we did say that like when we last talked about them, it was just it was just fun to tap dance on them. That's all. And there's like a million players in the top twenty of scoring. So, what the numbers are showing is that this team, while starting off great, and you probably can't really get much of a better start than this. Um, they they still have some work to do, and I and every every player on this team has acknowledged it up to this point. But the the team still has not played their A game, and far from it, really. More than anything, um, I still think probably their best game so far has actually been the Vancouver game because they controlled pace the entire time. Um, and if it wasn't for Thatcher Demko making those crazy saves, then they probably would have won that game like four one or six one or whatever. But it's looking good right now. Let's hope this keeps up. Let's it's... hope everyone stays healthy. Let's because we're going to start running into some issues. I mean, uh, Devin Shore went down the last game. He's going to be out four to six weeks. Can I complain about that? I think that that's a natural segue. Can I complain about something? 
Yes. Um, looking at the projected lines, Nolan, of what what they're doing now that Shore's out, uh, looks like Sevier's um, coming in. But you know what else um, D- Davis Tippis has decided to do? Because you think uh, fourth, line, fourth line player goes down. That shouldn't affect the lineup up and down too much, should it? Uh, wrong! Uh, you have uh, Sevier coming in on the fourth line. You have Yamo and uh, Cassian swapping positions. So Cassian's going to be playing on the wing on the second line. Yamo's going down to the third line, and they've reunited the Dreisaitl McDavid Cooley line. Fuck me, man! I I just I just don't get it. I just do not understand why does Zach Cassian have nine fucking lives to play in the top six? He's found a nice role on the third line. They found a, a, some good chemistry where they're productive and they're able to do some shit. And like, you're seeing what he can do because he's in an advantageous position. Don't even take matchups into it. Take the guys that he's with uh, and then the matchups. So you're going to throw him onto the second line, totally change the chemistry of the team and, and the line that he's had success with um, just because you have a hunch like fuck that man throw him back on the third line and let them dominate rather than have like an okay second line and then we've talked till the freaking cows come home about the mcdavid pooley rv first line but i'm just so absolutely i'm really trying to control the swearing absolutely sick of it uh and and how they like to do that so seeing that made me um very very pissed off oh and guess who's back on the top pairing of defense nolan tyson fucking barry and darnell nurse because apparently evan bouchard hasn't been blowing the roof off the place sarcasm um and they've decided to take him back off and make russell the seventh defenseman just But yeah, uh, not enjoying what I'm seeing there. What is wrong with your face, Nolan? What are you seeing? Miles, go look at Lauren's Instagram right now. Go uh, fucking look at her Instagram right now. You're going to die. Is it her? Is Just it go her? look. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't think I like the Oilers anymore. <laughs> it's a full photo shoot. The best oh, one is Connor no. on the couch with the umbrella in his head. Oh. And, oh my god. And C- Celeste also, also posted some videos okay so if you haven't pulled your phone out yet what we are having an absolute meltdown on is um fuck um leon connor their two girlfriends and um ryan nugent hopkins decided to be the cast of friends for halloween and the wigs are fucking horrible (laughs) to put it bluntly um but not only did they they take a friends inspired approach dude what leon looks ridiculous um they did a full photo shoot with the couch in front of the fountain and and everything like it is um wow oh i didn't i didn't even see the last one oh oh man like nuge is very much a ross 
these poor guys, man, they are just absolutely at the at the whim of of what their girlfriends want them to do. Because you can you just know for sure that that was like Connor. Like I have a couple's costume for us, and you have to get some of the guys on the team to do it too. And we already got Celeste to do it, so it's uh, already oh. happening. Like you can just tell that that was one that they got absolutely rinsed into. Oh. And uh, Cody, C- okay, so is this? <laughs> Okay, what were we talking about before we got to... Because we have to go into the Oilers Halloween costumes after... Uh, we're already in the Oilers call Halloween costumes, buddy. Whatever I was saying is done. <laughs> uh, uh, Cody Cece and his wife went as uh, Jack Skellington, uh, or uh, Jack and Sally. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know if Sally has a last name, but uh, Jack Skellington. Um, and as everybody probably knows by now, the Oilers had their... <laughs> had their... Uh, <laughs> their Halloween party last night because I guess they needed some, they need some time away from it or they need some, some time off so that they could come in hungover. But, um, it is some of the costumes, miles, actually miles, why don't you tell me what, which is your favorite that's come out so far? I don't want to talk no one. You you don't want to, you don't want to talk about, 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 uh, the, 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 the cursed friends, uh, reunion. Oh my god, man! I don't want to piss off people because I know that Friends is like a. Is Dude, like a I cult, hate Friends. Don't worry. Cultural. I hate Friends. It's yeah. It has aged poorly. Um, I've tried numerous. Oh, you just gotta try. You just gotta watch it. It's really good. No, I've tried numerous times. Um, it is it is subpar at best, and I just don't understand the the cult around it, man. Like, if you tell people you don't like Friends, like you're like looked at like a pariah like i don't have leprosy i just don't like friends yeah they're like you're you're such a chandler (laughs) i don't know what the fuck that means (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just i don't um yeah i i i just i yeah i don't i i I don't like that who is your favorite costume on okay so i'm looking at the uh, uh so uh shout out to uh under uh under you gonna, you're gonna Connor, be su- you're gonna Connor on 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 Twitter as well as uh, Kennedy's Trash. I believe Kennedy's Trash now works for Oilers Nation. Mm. Um, but they actually tweeted a guide because there's a big group picture that Lauren that Lauren posted, and uh, it looks like as follows. So, I'm assuming your favorite Miles is probably Darnell Nurse. because uh, he's Ricky Bobby, right? No, Darnell Nurse is guy with sign. Oh, shout out Darnell Nurse. Okay, no, yeah, sorry, Cassian Zerky Bobby. Um, I was also guy with sign. Two so of them like are that. actually Ricky Bobby. <laughs> really? Tyler Benson as well. <laughs> oh shit! There, I'm seeing it now. Yeah, love it. Good costume. Yeah, my favorite is uh, Jesse Puliarvi in the background. Who I, everybody is speculating that he's actually dressed up as a Bison King. Okay, where I have not seen that picture. Okay, so he's in the very back. Um, I'll actually just send you the... Uh... I'm looking at it right now. I got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the little crown, yeah. I think he yeah. might be a Bison King. Um, honorable mention to Evan Bouchard being uh, Buddy the Elf. Yep. Legendary. Uh, uh, shout, out, shout, out, shout out Brendan Pierlini for being Zach Cassian. Yeah, that's a, that's such a good play, man. Yeah. I love that. I know it was a couple of years ago the Blues did that. Um, somebody dressed up as Perron. Perron and uh, Ryan O'Reilly dressed up as each other or something. And, like, <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly got really mean with it. Like, he had, like, a baguette and a cigarette. Like, he was just, yeah. like, it was very well done. So this is funny, too. 
Um, but looks like Evan Bouchard is just cleaning up on the beer pong table. Just a good boy from London likes to chuck balls. <laughs> Love to see that. Uh, uh, Zach, I'm trying to figure out who Zach Hyman is because him and his girlfriend are both wearing. I'm assuming they're like purge people. That would make sense because they're both wearing masks on top of their heads. Um, but man. I love seeing Oilers group things because we always hear about how like guys don't like being in Edmonton and it's really nice to see that these guys just all love just all all love each other. You're gonna I have, would love to gonna... know what Dave Tippett was. Oh my Dave Tippett was drunk. Are you gonna have the Dave um, Tippett was Deadpool. Are you gonna have the Oh my god <laughs> the, the spooky song you sent me, is that gonna get cute in here at all? Oh hundred percent. Okay, I'm I'm, yeah, I, I'm ready for that. Um, yeah, Oilers Halloween. And I know I posted it on Instagram, but I think it's important that we talk about it as well. Honorable mention to former Oiler, the real deal, James Neal and Jordan Cairo going as the Island Boys. Oh, yes. yeah. And they did a really good job of it. That was really, really funny. So, um, James Neal looking really hot as per usual. Always hot. Always wearing a pair of Jordans. King. Fucking king. We miss you. We, we miss you. We don't miss like what you were doing, but like we miss. You. <laughs> we don't miss your play on the ice, but we miss. Actually, we miss when you had the like random hat trick every like every twenty five games or something or however long it was. When we were da- when we were dancing on the Lucic trade. Yeah. Uh, also, Tyson Berry. It looks like he was. Uh, I think he was Zoolander because he's doing like the blue steel in the picture. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. I'm trying to figure out who the who the fucking skydiver. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out is, is like the skydivers. You seen the picture? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out first off what they're being. I know this is probably going to make me very culturally fucked that I don't even know. You know but... what, Matt? Um, happy Halloween. It's over. It's November. Fuck it. <laughs> that that is the uh, Oilers Halloween costumes with Miles and Nolan. <laughs> So eloquently ended by by myself. Um, yeah, oh Nolan. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm excited. If, if Yesse is actually a Bison King, like it's over. It, it's a it's a W. Okay, Miles. I'm actually sending you one, one last thing. <sighs> Fuck, dude. <laughs> Uncomfortable is right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so no one told you that was gonna be this, this way. way. Fuck. oh it's amazing what it's amazing what people will do for their for the people they love because you you know that that was not what they wanted whatsoever (laughs) speaking of not what they wanted jack eichel playing in buffalo oh Oh! that's a segue got him yeah jack eichel was finally traded uh, it was about time. This would be like tip if if Connor McDavid didn't score the fucking goal of the millennium, then we wouldn't be uh, the and and the and the Halloween costumes dropping. Then we would have been much more like big about this. But yes, Jack Eichel was finally traded to the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, yeah, the return was less than expected. I would say. 
Like, do you want to start? I think it would be nice to start with the uh, Kevin Weeks like incorrect leak trade. <laughs> the, um, that which... you definitely got duped by some by a, by a fucking Sabers executive. Oh, dude, that that was crazy. That that was that that had the world of the had the world of flame for a little while there. Oh, and it was looking like it was Matthew Kachuk, um, a former first round pick, a current first round pick, and then like an actual pick. So. Wow, that would have been just an absolute fleecing of a return. Um, but like you said, Nolan, the actual return was much different. It was, uh, love to say that I was right, love to say that I was correct, Peyton Krebs, which I think a lot of people knew. Like, I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but we, we have been saying Vegas from the beginning for quite a while. They've always been one of the one-for-one one, uh, destinations for, uh, for Mr. Jack Eichel, um, who is finally out of Buffalo um who else went back alex tuck uh he's an upstate new york boy so he's stoked to be going home and then two picks right yeah a top 10 protected uh 2022 first and a also conditional second for um a a conditional vegas second my biggest thing with this trade and i'm kind of jumping right into it like I just, like, okay, first off, what you want to say about, like, the actual return is, like, you got a player and a prospect and a pick, which is kind of, like, that's lower than people expected for, uh, like, a potential, like, top five player in the NHL. Um, But the my, my biggest problem comes with how how did Vegas get protection on the pick? Like, I, I, I don't I don't get that. At the very least, they should have got, they should have gotten an unprotected first for it. Now, I know that I'm looking at that as, well, Vegas is currently, I believe they're out of the playoff picture at this point because of the amount of injuries they suffered, but, like, maybe the decision was you can either have the unprotected first or you can have Peyton Krebs, but, like, at the very least, you should have gotten an unprotected first out of it. And with that, if uh, if, if it is a top 10 pick in 2022, then it becomes a 2023 unprotected first, and then the Vegas, then the second round pick. If that if if the first is top 10 this year, then the second will transfer to 2024 and be unprotected in 2024 as well. So Buffalo has to just hope that uh, uh, Vegas sucks next year, and they or, well they have to hope that Vegas gets a top ten pick this year, and then sucks again next year with a full season of Jack Eichel in order to be uh, have another uh, have another ball in the uh, Connor Bedard sweepstakes. But overall, I mean, oh, I forgot to mention too, they also put in a, a, a the, the Buffalo also threw in a third rounder with Jack Eichel. Um, but I do like Alex Tuck for them. I think Alex Tuck is going to be really good, and it seems like he does want to play in Buffalo. Uh, Peyton Krebs is going to be a nice little return as well. Obviously, hasn't blown the roof off of his uh, off of his rookie season so far, but he's a prospect. No, Did you, uh, just yeah. looking at the future. Looking, looking at the future for Buffalo, I mean, like you're going to have um, Cousins, Middlestad, Krebs, Owen Power, Rasmus Dillian, like uh, Devin Levi and goal. Like the, the future is very bright in Buffalo, um, but they're going to Buffalo it. They're still going to fuck it up <laughs> somehow, I think. So um, is what it is, right? Um, I think that in, you know, five, 10 years when we're looking back on this trade, because this is going to be one of those trades that kind of transcends time a little bit and is, is always going to be brought up kind of like the Joe Thornton trade um, yeah. when he left Boston. Um I think it's going to age poorly in the terms of like what Peyton Krebs is as a player. I'm, I'm so, so big on him. I think he's going to be a really, really good hockey player. Uh, I think that it, I, 
I do think that at the end of the day, it's going to be a deal that's going to benefit both teams. And I know that that's kind of the the boring conclusion to come out of this, but I mean, it's Jack freaking Eichel, man. Uh, Okay, so that's what I really wanted to talk about, Nolan. And especially when the Matthew Kachuk uh, name got thrown around, um, a lot of people that I had been talking to were saying, well, I think that that's not a very good trade for Calgary because I think that they're, you know, pretty even players, in my opinion, which is a take that I personally don't agree with. I think Jack Eichel, <laughs> like when he's healthy, is uh, is a fucking animal. He's a um, he's a superstar. He's super- he's not he's not he's not a like he's not just a star. He's a superstar. Right. Um, like any year, because obviously he was the number two pick uh, after Sir Connor McDavid. Uh, but any other year, like that's a uh, like damn near generational player that yeah. you're, you're talking about, right? Like Jack Eichel is awesome. But, and I know that this is a bit of a Buffalo effect. Um, if you look at the numbers actually between Kachuk and Jack Eichel throughout their careers, they're one year different in their draft. Um, similar size as well. Eichel's a little bit heavier. Um, their numbers in terms of points are actually pretty similar. Hasn't I'm pretty sure hasn't Jack Eichel been like over a point per game like multiple times though? Well, okay, so you look at his career high is 82, followed by 78. Take out the kind of COVID shortened season, and then he's about a mid like a 60 point overall player. You look at Kachuk, his best year was a 77, followed by a 61, and then he's kind of a 50 player, 50 point player. So see, like, my only it, thing is I don't necessarily I don't really agree with the like 60 point thing on Jack Eichel because like in his sophomore season he had 57 and 61 games in his the year after that 64 and 67 year after that 82 and 77 and then the 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 COVID like or like the like the like the COVID ending season 78 and 68 games like fucking and that's 36 goals too so what I wanted to say though, what I what I was getting at, despite the similarities in point totals, take the Buffalo effect out of it. Um, but look at the type of game that both of them play as individual players, right? And like I know Matthew Kachuk has scored a couple pretty insane, like through the legs goals and stuff like that. But Jack Eichel has kind of what we were talking about with Connor McDavid, that like game breaker ability. He yeah. has that ability to absolutely take a game over and score like a superstar level goal um, when it counts the most. And I don't think that Matthew Kachuk is that player. I think Matthew Kachuk's a really good hockey player. I think he's really talented. And I think that he brings like a really dynamic perspective to, to a team because he can play like that agitator role. He can be a checking forward. He can like do something silky with his hands. Like he, he's kind of a, a jackknife player where uh, Jack is just a stud, right? Like a, just a stud goal scorer. Um, and that first line of Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, and Pacioretty is gonna be filthy. Well, and also the the most important storyline out of this is he com- he's the one thing Vegas has needed. The number one, one thing they've that they've needed for since the inception of their franchise is they've just needed a number one center, and now they have that, and they didn't have to give up anything that was like of crazy importance to their core. Like Alex Tuck's a great player. I love Alex Tuck. I really think he's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, like, like Alex Tuck is a great player and I really like him, but that's not a guy that's going to be a huge, uh, that's going to be like a huge loss to your team. Um, but I mean, fuck it's Jack fucking Eichel, man. Huge loss to your team. But like, I, I think that Alex Tuck is an underrated player is a very talented player. 
like a local guy as well, and could potentially be your captain candidate on that Buffalo team. Yeah, I think he's like I. I would say, um, like looking at a guy like him, I think you he's a prime player of a version Buffalo already has on their roster, and like Kyle Pozo, like good player if he's with some if he's with a really talented player could maybe have that upside of like 35 goals to him maybe yeah who knows but yeah i completely agree uh you know could be a guy that's like that's like you know 70 points could be like your next captain of your team um and yeah like i said wants to be it seems like he really wants to be there like you mentioned already hometown guy this is something that's that's really oh he's from Syracuse, but basically Buffalo. So I'm excited to see that. But yeah, the that like the thing with Vegas though now is like they're on the clock because first order of business, they have to get their cap situation figured out. And that's gonna end up that's gonna turn into a situation where you have to try and get out of either Riley Smith, Evgeny Dadnov, uh, or Jonathan Marcheso. And I don't know why you'd want to get, get like get out of Jonathan March or so, because as it currently stands now, you've got Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty all on LTIR. And at this point, the clock is ticking. They've got two more years left on Pacioretty, then he's a UFA. You've got one year left on uh, Riley Smith. You've got three years left on Jonathan March or so, who, by the way, is 30 years old. You've got two years left on Evgeny wow. Dadnov. How old's Pacioretty? Like he he's been in the league for a while. As Thirty-two, well. and yeah, Mark Stone's so. twenty-nine. Like these aren't like this is. And Mark Stone plays a heavy game. That's a guy that the the time is ticking. And Alex Petrangelo, um, I mean, you've seen plenty of articles already about the decline in Alex Petrangelo's play this season already. Um, but, and it's just. You're and Alec Martinez is 34 years old and signed to 5.25 for the next three years. The time to win for Vegas is now. And if they don't, that's a, a, a major, major, major failure on the part of the of, of management and the coaching staff. But at the end of the day, like you you if you're gonna take a swing, swing on a superstar. And they swung on the biggest that was available. Yeah, that uh, we've talked about it before in terms of like how difficult it is to get a superstar. Like if you don't draft one and you don't absolutely pay the piper to get one as a free agent, um, you're going to have to go out and make a trade to get one and and probably pay the King's ransom. And um, Buffalo actually came out of this one looking pretty good in terms of the trade. Um, I think that that's a combination of like just everybody knowing that Jack, Jack Eichel needed to get out of, of Buffalo and Buffalo kind of waiting uh, a little too long and um, his injury news getting leaked and everything like that. But at the end of the day, we have a very talented hockey player and a, a very talented person who is going to be getting the surgery that they require to get better. And what he thinks is going to be uh, what leads to like longevity of life for him and, and his ability to live a good life rather than having surgeries over and over and over again, sucks that he probably won't be ready for the Olympics. Um, but he's getting a surgery. He's going to be better. And we really hope that things go well for him so that we can see Jack Eichel um, and Connor McDavid eight times a season in, in, in a Pacific <laughs> division rivalry. I think the most important part about this whole thing for Buffalo as well is like the nightmare's over. 
the the Jack Eichel nightmare is done and over with, and oh, you don't have to fucking deal with the drama anymore. Can you imagine how that room's gonna feel like distraction free now? Like you're already seeing it this season. They're already off to a pretty decent start. Like they're not fucking world burners, but they're they're off to a decent start. Like it's it seems like a team that at least wants to play hockey. And next year, Miles, if they have a decent finish to this season. They've got Owen Power coming in. Hopefully, you hope he doesn't return for like a senior season. Why? Like why? Why? Why would he? Or sophomore? Or junior? Or see, I don't freaking know at this point. But like that team has, well, let me get this correct: forty-two million dollars in cap space next season. But like it's it's we've talked about it before though, Nolan. It's an ownership issue there. Like. They the the players that they sign as free agents they swing and miss on sometimes quite often. Um, they have all the cap space in the world, but like if you have shit at the top, it's gonna trickle down. But I think we've also know too is like when Buffalo's decent, they have no trouble signing players. Like yeah, because it's a great, it's a good market. Yeah, it's right? a it's a like it's a great hockey market, and I really think that if you if you like, I, I used to hate the whole like culture aspect of things, but you're seeing it right now in Edmonton. Like they have a good culture and good culture will bring players forward that actually want to play in your market. And I think, I mean, they have a lot of growing to, they have a lot of growing to do. And I would not suggest spending high on, you know, a mid tier free agent, but I think Buffalo's kind of putting themselves in the right direction. They just need to somehow get out of that freaking Jeff Skinner contract because, oh boy. <laughs> but, like I said, the nightmare is over for them. And the league turns the page on another chapter of superstar issues. The grass is green, the sun rises, the birds chirp, and the world turns on. Anything else you want to talk about, Nolan? No, I think I'm pretty pretty well okay. I think we touched on like the basically the biggest points of the, of the last week. Absolutely. So next week's agenda, Nolan, we have a Tuesday tilt in Detroit. Tyler Bertuzzi, we're going to see him uh, against the Oilers. We're excited for that. Hopefully he doesn't cough on anybody. November 9th, we've got the game against the Boston Bruins on Thursday fucking night, boys. And then November eleventh. November eleventh, they play the. Oh no, they play Thursday, November eleventh against Boston, and Friday, November twelfth. My dad's birthday. Buffalo, happy birthday, Richard, the man. Um, Nolan, three games this week. I'm saying it. Ooh, ooh, I'm nervous about this one. I'm saying two and one. I. My heart of heart wants to say one one of two. Like as in like you're you're saying you're 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 like is your head telling you one and two and your heart is saying two and one? Yes. I fucked it up, but you know what I mean. My my brain is saying one and two, my heart is saying two and one. Fuck it. I'm gonna go with my heart, two and one. Uh, I'm also going to say, I don't think that, uh, that one loss comes against the Bruins. going to be honest. I don't think that's the one. Yeah. I, I actually agree with you. I think it's going to be Detroit. I, me too. <laughs> yeah. 
Me, me yeah. too. And then, and then that, uh, that back-to-back is anyone's guess. I think they'll squeak it out, but could very well lose in Detroit, lose in Boston, and then, and then win against the Sabres. Detroit so. is like weirdly just when they show up, man, oh, man, when they show up they're they're good. Lucas Raymond is insane. And Bert Luzzi is having a good season as yeah, well. And like he's, Mort, he's Mort Sider's having a nice little start to his season as well, or nice start to his rookie season. Dylan, Dylan Larkin's got some bite to him too. Nadelkovic is a good goalie. Like, yeah, when they well, they they skated with uh they skated with the with the champs, lost seven six, but like they're no shortage of offense on that team, and they've got some sandpaper to them. They can they can make your life hell. So be interesting to see what happens, but I'm damn looking forward to another week of Oilers hockey. Things are looking up. The boys are stoked. Nolan, anything else you got to say, man? Nine and one, baby. Just keep winning. Nine and one, baby. Keep doing it. Bison King, children's author, German Prince, and King Connor. We love all of you so much and everyone else that can't be named uh, at this time because it's a late one and the boys got to go to bed. But thank you, as always, for tuning into the One for One podcast. This has been Season 2, Episode 8. As always, go Oilers, go. Go Oilers, go.